When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 14. As Thanksgiving has come to a conclusion, the Rangers are in a playoff spot, and the Black Friday game against the New York Islanders has been canceled due to COVID, a COVID situation with the New York Islanders. So uh, it's a little, uh, little damper of a of a Sunday since the game is uh, is, is canceled. But I gotta ask Andy, how was your Thanksgiving and how was your weekend? It was good. Got to drive upstate to me and my wife to uh, spend Thanksgiving with my mom, which was nice. Got to sit on the couch the next day, all still filled with tryptophan and uh, stuff to the gills, um, and eat some leftovers and, and watch the Rangers uh, beat the Bruins, which I was, you know, was an iffy proposition going into it. If the Rangers would be ready to beat a team that, even though they might not be what they were the last couple of seasons, because they, they've lost some pieces, but they're still a a dangerous team and, a, and I would say an overall strong, well-coached, strong team. So yeah, uh, I was, I'm doing good. You know, obviously it's a bummer that this, uh, the game they were supposed to be playing tonight as we record this on Sunday against the New York Islanders at the garden was canceled due to COVID. But, you know, I, I'm really surprised it took this long for the league to finally step in and, and do, you know, shut, shut that the Islanders down. So it is what it is. The rain, the Ranger schedule is pretty compact coming up. So maybe a few extra days to, I guess, depending on how you look at it, a few extra days to rest might not be the worst thing in the world, but at the same time, they're clearly in a rhythm and on a roll. And, uh, now they, they play a flyers team. That's looking that is having, yeah, not having the season they want. So they, but are still could be dangerous. So on Wednesday, so yeah, uh, you hope they're not too overconfident going into that into that game. Um, but we'll we'll see. I, you know, like I said, I'm doing good. The Rangers are American Thanksgiving has passed by. The Rangers are in a playoff spot, and they're you know hopefully they can at least keep going here for the the upcoming month of December. Yeah, and if you look at uh, the New York Rangers and where they are in the standings, and the the little uh, the little statistic that you always see is that the teams that are in the playoffs come Thanksgiving are, you know, pretty much a lock for the playoffs come, uh, you know, towards the end of the season when the season is over and the postseason actually begins. So 
there are obviously probably a couple spots up for grabs. I would imagine those wild cards are are going to look a little bit different. But for the most part, as of right now, with the way the Rangers are going, you would have to think that they're not only competitive for a wild card, but they're there should be no excuses for why they're not in the mix for a top three spot in the Metro. And, you know, you look at the two teams that they're fighting for that's right above them is Washington and Carolina. And those two teams don't lose, you know, Andy, if you're the New York Rangers, what's the mindset right now going in, you know, into, you know, the, I guess I should say the uh, second trimester of this season where, you know, it's, it's kind of a, uh, this is where you kind of want to find a rhythm and just keep humming along and, you know, never get too far up and never get too far down and just kind of be even keel, find your game, work on your game, um, you know, try to really, you know, harp down on uh, the details of special teams to help you win these, you know, tough games as December rolls around and and pretty soon you'll be in the January, February mix where it's just, you know, you just hope that there's no injuries and you kind of just want to keep rolling along. So, Andy. You know, if you are a gallant, what are you telling the boys right now as uh, December is about to begin? You know, I'm telling them that, I mean, maybe I'm not saying it, phrasing it like this, but you you really do have to take it day by day and, and keep trying to improve, even though they've, yes, they've had a good stretch here, but they're going to start off the month with some teams that maybe aren't so great, but the tail end of getting into to January, it looks like uh, their schedule does not get much easier because at first, you know, we have the Flyers, Sharks, Hawks uh, twice in a row. So that the next four games are winnable games against teams that are struggling or at least not the t- upper echelon of the league. Then you have a game against the Avalanche who are absolutely murdering people. But then you have a, a little respite against the Sabres. But then you have a Predators team that's starting to find their footing. The Avalanche again, the Coyotes again, who are not such a great team. But then you have the Golden Knights, uh, and this now we're in, by now we're in mid December, so their team is starting to hum along here too. Then you have the Canadians and the Red Wings, which you know again two not so tough teams. And then you have the Panthers, the Lightning, the Lightning, the Oilers, uh, the Golden Knights, the Ducks, who are surprising. So yeah, and you know they see the Maple Leafs again and the Hurricanes for the first time. So yeah, I think that's the thing is that they're. This year, I don't know. We spoke about last about uh, about the parity in the league a couple podcasts ago, and now I think it's there. You're either bad or you are pretty good, you know. And I honestly, when I look at the teams that are just flat out bad, there's really not as many as you would think. I think it's more even the teams that are might might not make the playoffs uh, or who are off to hot hot starts. They they're still playing well enough to beat you, so you can still you know. Pittsburgh, who was humming along, got beat by uh, Carolina, excuse me, the Canadians the other night, the Ducks, even though they're, yeah, they're most likely probably won't make the playoffs are, they're in a great rhythm and they're being, their young guys there are leading the way. So, and the Blue Jackets, who were kind of in a a little shell shock coming into the season, have also found some consistency and even the Kraken are starting to rattle off some wins after playing well, but just being unable to score goals. So, yeah, I think a lot of teams are, the I feel water is finding level as it were with a lot of teams in this league and the so some of the teams that have looked maybe didn't get off to the the start they wanted are now kind of firing on all cylinders and you know teams maybe like the sharks who were off to a hot start 
you know, are looking are kind of they're on their way down, but they're kind of scratching and clawing to stay where they're at. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's right now it's important to take it day by day and game by game. And yeah, just not don't live and die. I think the, the biggest thing for this young team will be just keep not getting like you put it perfectly, not too high, not too low. If you have a, a loss, it's not the end of the world. And if you beat a team that's maybe not so good, don't think you can then just uh, it'll come easy the rest of the way, you know. So, yeah, not too high, not too low. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at the schedule, like you've noted so many games, you know, you're playing a very good team in the standings and then you're playing maybe a poorer team in the standings. And, you know, with this Rangers team and them being so young and just, you know, the sample size that we have so far of this season you know this team can't take any games off. They can't even take a period off because they usually find themselves down a goal or two. And, you know, the games that, you know, you look at, you know, the Vancouver Canucks, who are maybe a weaker team, and the Ottawa Senators, you know, those teams, they come out to play, and they play physical, and they can counter that physicality that the Rangers have been bringing. So, you know, the Rangers right now are not, they cannot afford to take a game off, take a period off or two. They cannot afford to, you know, go 0 for 4, 0 for 5 on a power play for the game. Like, these are the things that, you know, are imperative if the Rangers want to be consistent in point percentage towards the end of the season, and especially the middle of the season. And, you know, you hope that the Rangers aren't just, an, you know, uh, an outlier where they find themselves cooling off and then kind of settle in as a team just being competitive for the wild card, which... You know, given our division, it could happen quicker than you think. You know, you, you mentioned Columbus. You know, Pittsburgh is kind of righted the ship. They're playing a little bit more consistent. I know they had a big loss, you know, big loss for us uh, against the Canadians. Um, you know, the Devils are in a little bit of a skid, but, you know, you know they've also played two less games, and they'll be right in the mix if, you know, they win those games in hand. Um, you know, Flyers are always going to be a pain in the ass for the Rangers to play against. And then you look at, you know, how competitive Detroit's been. Boston, thank God we can get into that game a little bit too. Um, you know, how, how, you know, pretty good they've been. They have 20 points and 17 games played. So they've, they played four less games and, um, you know, they'll be right in the mix, you know, once they catch up. Uh, and even, you know, you, you can't write off a team like Buffalo. You know, they're, they're primed for an upset. And, you know, this New York Rangers team has been, very steady right now, very, you know, cool, calm, collected, but I'm afraid given the youth and given some of the, the leadership on this team, like a Kreider, you know, if those guys cool off, you know, the Criders, the, you know, the Panarins, the Zibanejads, and you can't rely on Fox to, you know, kind of carry you every single night, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of those, you know, the, the Dryden hunts and, and just the secondary scoring that we've been able to have. You know, I'm just afraid that everything is going to cool off all at once and we're going to find ourselves on a, you know, four or five game skid, uh, which could happen very quickly given the New York Rangers and, and their schedule where, you know, the, you know, it's kind of up and down of the talent in terms of who they play against. But, you know, right now you really can't knock them because they've been winning games and a game that you and I probably in our mind penciled in as a loss, they won against the uh, Boston Bruins. And I know at the beginning I said the Black Friday game was canceled. The Black Friday game was not canceled. They won that game. The game Sunday night against the Islanders, which was would be tonight, has been canceled because of COVID. But Andy, I really want to get into this Boston game a little bit because y- you kind of saw a different New York Rangers team, right? You know, 
you see the beginning, they kind of fall down that, you know, they get a goal behind and I'm just thinking, you know, we're right. You know, it's just not going to be our day. And, you know, Boston is just a team that has way more experience and, you know, veteran leadership. They have, you know, the best line in hockey. They're just going to pull this one out. Rangers are going to have problems scoring, but sure enough, the Rangers kind of just hung around. They righted the ship after an awful first period where they just generated nothing. And, you know, found a way to to win and win in a commanding way, like just the tale of two stories here in this game. So what were your thoughts on the Boston game? Yeah, obviously they got off to a piss poor start. But again, it's a 1 p.m. game on the road the day after Thanksgiving. So they don't get a morning skate. Uh, they traveled probably on the train early that morning. Um, it's just, yeah, it had all the makings of it wasn't surprising to me that they came out a little flat or were trying to get up to speed, you know, sweat the uh, sweat last night's dinner out of their system a little bit. But like you said, they hung in there. Obviously, Strom getting that uh, that goal late in the first was huge to at least say, listen, we we skate, we we got lucky there because they, they could be up three goals. And yet it's a tie. It's basically the, the, the slate is clean here. And I think that just kind of showed that, well, A, obviously defensively, I thought uh, the Rangers were the better team. They have clearly have missed losing a lot of the defense when they've lost in the past. Obviously, McAvoy's great, but the rest of the pairings for the Bruins weren't all that. Uh, were running around a bit in their own end, and, and they had no answer for some of the uh, the nifty passes that Strom and Panarin and uh, even, hell, even the Rangers' top line was Banajad and Kreider uh, and Kako were making. and. So yeah, it was like I said. It once they they just didn't let it rattle them, and that's kind of how they are now. And uh, you know, it was obviously Julian Gauthier's coming out game, if you want to say that, just because that line has been good the last few games. And uh, you know, lo and behold, for that for uh, the, you know the second the Panarin goal, I think the Rangers were in the midst of a line change for whatever reason. So instead of Hunt, who has been on that line with Panarin and Strom, and Hunt has a nice goal, obviously, off of a, a juicy rebound, but he he jumps on the ice, or he's still on the ice in the midst of a change, breaks up, uses a speed that we've seen him flash in his, in his uh, strength to kind of just blow around a guy and makes a pic- picture-perfect pass um, to Panarin in the slot and then does it again to Lafreniere. So... I, I was ultimately really impressed with it seems like the young kids are it's not even just tertiary scoring or they're not not so much passengers and they're a big reason of why this team is winning games because the, the versus the Islanders they get contributions for their for, Rooney and, and Reeves on their fourth line they're getting contributions from even if he's not scoring he's creating in Heedle and his newfound vision and Lafreniere obviously has that nose for the net he knows where to be and now if uh, Julian Gauthier can just use that speed to match heatles and also drive that line a bit more that's yeah i mean clearly the rangers are the beneficiary of that and panera's playing out of his mind and I, I will say this even though the top line didn't uh they didn't pot one that game i thought they looked good with kako up there it was a little surprising considering that you know everyone thought kako was finding some consistency with uh with Panarin and Strom, but he they had that they had their looks at one point. You know, Kako had it on his backhand and was trying to outweight uh, who was it, Jeremy Swayman, 
you know, waiting, waiting for him to go, go down and he gets it, but he, you know, he, uh, he has it on his backhand. It's just, he can't outweigh the goaltender, but he, he has, it looks like he's got a yawning net. And he just barely misses. And then another on the rush, Crowder gets it to Kako, who then puts it back to uh, Zabanjet, who is a wide open net. And Swayman makes a hell of a save just getting his paddle on it. So it was an open net. You know, it's elevated puck by Zabanjet. So it does everything you, you, you have to do. It's just a hell of a save. So a little bit unlucky, but they were creating. So, yeah, this team is clearly just finding the consistency in the chemistry and is getting better and better and better. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really promising because in the end it was really scary there for a few times, you know, especially when the perfection line was on the ice, they clearly can find each other anywhere. Cause they just have been playing with each other for what, four or five seasons now. So, but, uh, yeah, the Rangers haven't with new line mates and a pretty new system and a new coach. They haven't been had, you see that uh, that chemistry and knowing where your line mates are starting to form. And I think that's helping them. And they're definitely, even though they might not be shooting the puck as much as we want, I think they're still, in terms of the amount of uh, quality they generate per shot, is uh, among the highest in the leaves and you, league. And you see them scoring a lot close to the slot. You know, even Panarin Hell was in the, uh, scored his goal right in front of the goaltender, where usually he's more picking corners or getting it from farther out, where he's just, buzzing the tower at the right time and, and batting it out of the air. So, uh, yeah, obviously it was a, it was a good sign to see them beat a team that's uh, no slouch in the Boston Bruins. Yeah, and, you know, you look at the GOAT and in particular with two assists on the game and, like you said, a kind of coming out game and you just see his size and the way he uses his speed. It, you know, just, you know, his confidence is just, you know, through the roof right now with his ability to, you know, kind of handle the puck and make plays and, you know, just be a competitor out there. Is this a product of Gallant's system? Because you didn't see any of this last year with Quinn. You know, I, I don't know if he was just too tentative and afraid to make a mistake, but you just feel that under this system, these guys are just, you know, confident in making plays and just trying, you know, they're, you know, just kind of throw the puck across the crease and you know, knowing that a guy is breaking there, but, you know, before if that gets intercepted and it might go the other way, and now all of a sudden I'm going to be benched for the third period, you know, you kind of don't feel that way. You know, these guys are taking chances. They're making plays. They're, you know, I know to a fault they might be overpassing, especially in the offensive zone a little too much. But, you know, again, Andy, like guys like the GOAT, if we can get contributions like this, and even Hunt, I know he wasn't here last year, but, you know, I feel like, they're almost similar players in which, you know, their efforts are, are, you know, paying off right now. And I know they're not the greatest players and, you know, they, they don't have the greatest hands and, and they're not the best playmakers in the world. But, you know, you get you show a little bit of effort and, you know, your line kind of buys into that and, you know, maybe creates their own lane for themselves. And you dish a pass or cross or you go to the net for a rebound and it pops out and you're able to finish. You know, it just seems like, these two players in particular are really benefiting from this Gallant system. Yeah, exactly. And again, whether it's that line, which has been good at at least playing in the opposing uh, team's end, even though they weren't finding the goals, now they're finding the goals. And now you kind of see some of the goals the other lines are scoring are fairly similar. Well, I mean, we could say Reeves pulling out hands we didn't know he had against uh, the Islanders. Although in fairness, you could say it was the Bridgeport Sound Tigers or, or excuse me, whatever they are, they are now. I think they're the Bridgeport Islanders now, but whatever. 
And but yeah, it just seems the team is really zeroing in on what how Gallant wants to play. And it's not like they've totally abandoned the east west tendencies that they've always had because of the amount of skill they have. And I think you're never gonna breed that out of this team just based on how they're collectively how their minds work. But a lot of it at least has to do with cycling and not so much every goal is off the rush, which is Obviously good when you can pull it out when you have an odd man rush because like uh, Gautier recognizing and turning on the Jets or Heedle. But it seems like the Rangers of the past few seasons, how many of their goals were these beautiful goals they they that are made by flying down the ice, which is all well and good, but you're not going to be the benefit. You're not going to get that in the in the playoffs. You might get one if you're lucky, like you said, on a, if you recognize a good break. But for the most part, teams are the teams that are there are, are good, too good at clogging the neutral zone to let you do that. but scoring goals by from the slot and by cycling the puck once you have possession of it and finding passes across the Royal Road and just causing chaos with your forecheck and getting off of rebounds and screens. Those are the goals this team is uh, is converting on right now, and those are the goals you're going to need to have any success once you reach the next level. So, yeah, it was obviously the whole game. The game as a whole was a pretty promising sign for them, uh, but they have to keep getting better because as nice as it is we you understand the Bruins maybe aren't what they have been the past few seasons and they have some real tests coming up here um so yeah uh, not too high not too low but just take it as what it is they they clearly every time we hear the beat writers say practice is real loose and light and everyone's smiling because they're winning they're not they're not losing and guys are having fun and you know as long as they learn to associate fun with winning and know that you have to do it. If you want to keep having fun, you have to keep winning. That's uh, that's all you can really ask for. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, and every game is going to be crucial because if you look at the standings right now, you know, I, I know the Rangers have been, you know, they've won three in a row. They've won, I think, seven of eight. They're, they're just humming along here, but kind of so is everybody else. I mean, Columbus is 12 and seven. Pittsburgh is 10 and seven. Carolina and Washington refuse to lose. I know they played each other, so a winner had to be declared today. And uh, Thank, and it was all, it almost went to overtime, which I would have been furious about, but uh the Caps pull out the last minute uh, heroics and score a goal with like three minutes left in the third. So they end up winning that in regulation. Thank God. 
Yeah, and you know, you you and between those two teams, the winner of the uh, the division might come down to actually regulation wins. So that could be huge, and they both have fourteen. So if you know, if it, if it comes down to um, you know the the middle of the pack teams like the Columbus, the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, Philly and Jersey, I'll throw in there, and even the Islanders. I mean, this whole division. You know, the Islanders, once they get healthy and they kind of get back on the right track, I mean, you're going to see them win eight of 10 games. You're going to see them, you know, you know, 20 games. They can probably go, you know, you know, 14 and six or 15 and five. No problem. Once they get on track, they just need to get healthy. Um, I refuse that they're going to finish at the bottom of the standings. They're just too well coached team. They still have, you know, a lot of the players that they had last year. Uh, I just don't see them as the bottom feeding team that they are right now. Uh, you know, the new building, COVID, just so many things, so many factors really affecting the Islanders that, you know, I think the second half of the season, you know, that's a team that you got to look out for. Again, I said this before at the last podcast, if you're a gambling person, might not be the worst bet right now to, to pick the Islanders to win the Stanley Cup because they uh, can certainly get themselves out of the trenches. Um, so Andy, you know, the one thing, you know, I, I wanted to talk about is, you know, given the teams, uh, Columbus, uh, Pittsburgh, we'll kind of leave it with two from each division, uh, Detroit and Boston, you know, uh, of those teams, you know, the, they're going to make up probably the wild cards, right. You know, and I won't even, you know, limit you to those teams in particular, but they're the ones that are going to be fighting for it right now. You know, who are you afraid of? And, you know, what are your thoughts? Like, are the Rangers going to cool off and be fighting with these teams? Or are these teams going to cool off a little bit? You know, what, what are your you know, thoughts as you kind of enter the, the middle third of the uh, season? I think you're going to see some teams level off. But at the same time, like you said, t- other teams will get healthy. I mean, Pittsburgh is finding their footing again. And, and listen, they still don't have Evgeny Malkin. So... You don't know how they'll perform once he's there and guys can slot up a little bit lower in their lineup because the way they performed early on without even Sid there, they're so well coached, pretty admirable. Uh, Do I think the Blue Jackets are as good as this recent stretch says they are? No, I mean, they have some good players there and they might have a little bit of a not having to deal with Torts screaming his head off every day. They might, you know, have some sick, but I, I ultimately think they're maybe not as good as they are right now. But at the same time, uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand's really emerged as a great player in this league. Yeah, and they still have Patrick good. Line, who can, who can fart out goals and, J- and Voracek's not even, uh, I think he's leading the team in points. He's not washed up. He's, he's got the poise and, you know, sometimes it can rejuvenate that guy. I think that I think Philly's going off the rails. So I, I don't think the Rangers really have to worry about them too much. I think they're just so sick of Elaine Vigneault in that room. And I, you know, it's just like Vancouver Canucks told Rangers fans it would happen. It happened uh, to them. You get the one season pump of getting him in there because it's a new voice and he's kind of hand, you know, hands off. But then you realize that his system ultimately is, yeah, it's just not responsible enough and he's just you know takes no he just two hands off the wheel and lets things get out and then just kind of blames his players and you have just nothing but hard feelings so uh you know i think the bruins are what they are it's interesting to see if they all try to bolster their back end depending on what they are but at some point they're gonna have to they're gonna have to start retooling a bit although when you think about it it's uh outside of 
they did they already lost Char, but outside of Bergeron, Pasternak's still pretty young. Marchand will probably hold on for a little bit lo- longer, but who knows what Bergeron wants to do as he's getting a little bit longer in the tooth. The Devils will get Jack Hughes back, so they could maybe push. I ultimately still don't think they're good enough to make the wild card, but you know, right now looking at the teams right now, I could I could see maybe the Blue Jackets falling out and potentially the Bruins sneak in or hell, even Detroit they're they've been good and they they're outside of the maple leafs and well you know yeah i don't know i mean obviously the rest of their i I look at who's behind them in the atlantic right now it's yeah i mean montreal ottawa and the sabers are are all bad so they (laughs) might be in a good spot they they could they could i could the red wings could make it you know what i mean it's just gonna be come down to it's what yeah i mean it's they'll ha- obviously i think their only competition is jersey if they can find some consistency once hughes is back but other than that i mean yeah so i think it's thank god the rangers were able to bank those points early, early on but yeah they have some touch tough stretches coming up and they're still very much a work in progress and they're it'll be interesting to see as they get closer to the deadline what type of moves they make because for all this talk of them wanting to find another middle six forward who can kind of slot anywhere, you you would have to think uh, as much as I, I am excited for the future of a Nils Lundqvist and uh, right now the Lundqvist and Nemeth is where they're the most uh, vulnerable, I guess you could say. So finding a defenseman who could slot in somewhere in, you know, finding at least an NHL quality defenseman at this point in time would be probably huge pay huge dividends for them so yeah who knows and i I mean if seattle can't i know they just named him captain but if seattle can't uh put enough wins together i wonder if mark giordano is available or if montreal's new president of hockey ops uh jeff gorton (laughs) wants to uh is who's very familiar with some of the prospects in our system maybe a guy like jeff petrie who's getting long in the tooth and is a very good defenseman maybe i don't know who knows maybe there's something to be done there with if they can he can retain some salary so uh i think that's where the rangers need the most help because i think that would go they had one more real quality solid defenseman i think it would kind of shore things up for them a bit because obviously when nil nemeth and lungfist on the ice sometimes it's a bit of an adventure yeah, and I also also wouldn't also I would also kind of like another NHL forward. I know it doesn't have to be great, but even if it's just like another Rooney, just someone. I I, I know we have McKay kind of in the Arsenal and stuff like that, but you know if if we can just get another NHL forward, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. I just have a feeling with this season coming off a COVID year, which is shortened season, not a lot of traveling, and just kind of everything you know you know, taken, you know, bit by bit step, you might find a lot of injuries towards the middle end of the season. And I just think it's really imperative that the Rangers find a little bit more depth on the forward end, even if it means bringing in a fourth line player that, you know, everyone kind of rolls their head about. I, I think that would also pay dividends too. You know, I just think, you know, it might be a little too early to call in uh, uh, some of the rookies like a Morgan Barron, because they're just not used to, you know, being maybe in a playoff race and, you know, feeling the pressure of the New York media as the New York Rangers approach, um, you know, the the midst of the season, you know, in a playoff spot, you know, I, I don't know if you want to put that kind of pressure and you don't know, 
you know, if that can really hurt their development. So I think that if the Rangers brought in, obviously you said it, you know, uh, an NHL defenseman that would pay huge dividends, but also another forward, um, you know, a third or fourth line guy that you can kind of plug in anywhere. If you brought in, you know, someone like that, I think that would be, that would be huge too. So um, other than that, Andy, you know, I do feel confident. Uh, I do worry a little bit about Pittsburgh. I just think, you know, when healthy, they're a team that is just, they're too well coached. They have too many good players. Uh, Kapanen has seemed to be taken off for them. And it's just like one of those teams that, you know, I call them, you know, the Patriots of the, uh, of the NHL. They just next man up and they find ways to win. And Pittsburgh, you know, they always get off to little slow starts. And then, you know, they find themselves towards the uh, top of the standings, especially in the Metro, you know, you know, they can feast, you know, I'm not writing them off. And then, you know, I think the Islanders will eventually turn it around uh, once they get healthy and once they get used to playing a normal NHL schedule. So look for those two teams, I think, to sneak into the wild card. Uh, Pittsburgh, if there's one team that can probably knock us out, it's certainly them, uh, which I worry about because I don't want to be a wild card team. I don't want to have to play a Florida or a Tampa or Toronto in the first round. And I certainly don't want to have to play um, you know, I, I ultimately think Carolina Hurricane team will win the Metro and I don't want to play Carolina. I think that, you know, little PTSD from, you know, a couple of years ago where the Rangers got absolutely demolished. I know different team, different coach, just different everything, but I, I just, I, I don't want to play Carolina in the playoffs. If you want to, if I, you know, want to be truth, truthful, Andy, I'm a little scared. All right. I'm scared to play them. So, um, you know, that's where I am right now. Um, other than that, Andy, I think, you know, the one thing I did really want to bring up as, uh, you know, a little slow week here, although, uh, you know, it was kind of busy on uh, on my end, uh, the Lemieux situation, you know, ex-Ranger uh, Lemieux bit uh, Brady Kachuk's hand in the game against the, the Kings <laughs> and the um, Senators last night. Now, listen, Andy, before you say anything, I, I want to give you my version of it. Not not the biting, like obviously that was crazy. But why is this like news to me that Lemieux is kind of like a scumbag and has always been a scumbag? Because I didn't think he was really that bad as a New York Ranger. Like I, I thought he was, you know, his demeanor was fine here. Yeah, I mean, I had heard and read some stuff about Lemieux in that he was much like his father. He was at times deemed a little bit of a, a prick. But, you know, I mean, maybe you expect a bit of that, but, you know, A, when you're not as good of an NHL or just a hockey player as your his father was, it, it, it definitely comes with a little bit less of a shelf life. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe Lemieux was traded, like, in, the, in his final year in the OHL. His team was a contender, and they traded him away, even though he was effective at doing what he did because he was a bit of a headache. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think their reports have come out that he was a bit of a headache when he was in with the Manitoba Moose and even his, his time trying to find his way in, in the, uh, Winnipeg Jets lineup when he was within that organization. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it, it doesn't, I don't know if it really surprises me. And listen, when stuff happens, people are quick to, and I'm not defending the bite because you don't. That's a. I think that's a, a bush. If he bit him, which he most likely did, I think that's that. It's a bush league move. You can't do that. Like you have to have some decorum. It's not a street fight, even though you're like, oh, we're in this scrum and we're we're swinging at each other. Yeah, there's some barbarism in, in hockey, but 
come on, you know, you're not biting people. And I, and obviously with the climate, with the COVID that makes it yeah, yeah seem even a little bit more, I don't know, just icky, but, or iffy, but, um, yeah, I don't it's know. I mean, people, are, people are, people are going to, people are going to, are going to, are going to pile on and try to throw some stories out there that might may or may not be true or that they were here say. So, and again, that's not, I'm not trying to defend Lemieux because I wasn't all that upset. Not that I like, you know, he was fine as a ranger. He, he was at times he did what you wanted him to do. And that was great. And then there's times where he, he took dumb penalties and that's kind of his, his deal. And he's apparently he hasn't really grown all that much. He is still, a you know, a pesky, uh, bottom sixer who, who uh you know takes more penalties than he draws and that's kind of it so yeah i mean wasn't you know i guess i wasn't all that surprised to hear everyone coming out of the woodwork with a story about like oh when he was in junior i heard he did this and like i heard he was they hate him in this locker room and and that but uh yeah i mean listen at the end of the day it's a it's a yeah it's a bush league move you can't bite people that's just you know, you can't lick people, as we've seen. You certainly can't bite bite people. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many games he gets. Uh, and yeah, I mean, obviously, Kachuk was incensed, as he should be, getting bit. You don't expect to get bit in a hockey game. And it's just, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, I think it just kind of lends itself to sometimes these guys, they maybe it's a microcosm of why guys go over the line sometimes, or that it's just like, competitive juices and it's like fuck this guy like him and i are we're locked in it they're wrestling to the ground it's swinging and he's like oh you know he's trying to and you know sometimes who knows maybe he felt that kachuk was getting on top of him and putting all his weight and he couldn't breathe and he's like you know screw this guy i'm gonna like get him off me or whatever you don't know really know how it goes down but yeah it's uh I wouldn't would I I wouldn't be surprised if someone has if people have been bitten in the NHL in the past or at least maybe 20 30 years ago that I would imagine that that went down more than you might think but yeah obviously in today's NHL you absolutely cannot bite someone so yep uh he's going to get a it, it's probably true and he's probably going to get a lot of games um what do you, yeah what do you think yeah, I mean, disgusting move. I mean, biting someone in general is just really disgusting. And biting someone in the midst of a hockey game, like on the hand, you think it's in the glove. Like gloves in particular smell disgusting. Uh, I can't imagine, you know, Brady's gloves being, you know, in anything special. Like his hands got to be disgusting. But I also do know, you know, he's a big, you know, Brady's a big boy. And if he's, you know, kind of pinned you to the ground, you might panic a little bit and bite. Uh, you know, but you can't as an NHL player bite someone. And, you know, it's just funny that, you know, you know, Kachuk has those words for him because I kind of see Kachuk as that, that type of player too, a little bit of a scumbag and kind of, you know, has a little bit of swagger with them because of who his father was. And, you know, it just, uh, obviously it's a little bit different with Brady given his skill level compared to Lemieux, but overall, you know, I just... I never expected it from Lemieux. I kind of thought he went in New York. He was a little bit of an overrated fourth line player. I think people liked him because he worked hard, always had a black eye. I think New York kind of bought, bought that kind of the hype around him, but I mean, and he also brought an element that this team severely lacked. Yeah. Needed. Right. Exactly. But But I mean, wasn't the guy to do it. Yeah. And I mean, Ryan Reeves, since being here, hasn't taken a single dumb penalty. He honestly doesn't play. Two crazy minutes and i don't really 
remember, you know, maybe outside of that goal, the tic-tac goal versus Bruins, you know, I can't really remember Reeves being on the ice for a goal that I was like really upset about him just being slow as molasses. So I just, no, it's only Tenardi. Yeah. It's only Tenardi really. So yeah, I just think once you realize you're like, Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, by all accounts, it sounded like for a while there, he was trying to establish himself in the Kings bottom six and he was sitting for a little bit of the season, but then he was drawing back in the lineup and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's again, it's just the whole point is that you, even if you lose the fight, you get props for for being tough and, and showing it to your teammates. So you have to have the wherewithal that you're, you know, even though you're and listen, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, if, if uh, Brady was on the way down, was like holding him in an uncomfortable area or putting some pressure somewhere or close to his head or whatever, just isn't something that that set him off. But no, no excuse. You can't bite. You can't bite people. It's disgusting. Don't do it. Um, and yeah, but I did want to use this to transition because we kind of we we talked about the uh, the Bruins game, but we didn't talk about the incident with Marshan and Panarin uh, and Panarin throwing the gloves and then summarily getting fined five k by the league. Uh, what what's your takeaway from all this? How do you feel? Do you think it was like, do you think they should have did something more with Marshand, or do you think it's much to do about nothing? You think it's just something to happen in the game? What do you What do you think? Well, I don't, I don't fully know what Marshand did to actually set him off. the The last thing I read was that he was saying some like anti Russian stuff. Um, but you know, overall, you know, if it was really that egregious or like really that personal, I feel like you know Panarin wouldn't have thrown a glove. Like it almost had to be like just a little playful taunting you know, between both of those players and, you know, Panarin's just like, you know what, screw this guy and just threw his glove at him. Uh, I love it. I think it's an excellent move. If I'm uh, Drury, I certainly pay that fine for him, even though the quote was unbelievable, you know, <laughs> the basically $5,000 just to drop in a bucket because his GM uh, is paying him $11 million to play hockey. So um, money well spent. Uh, yeah, it's just a very odd situation. Uh, I'm I kind of like it. I kind of like the throwing of the glove because it's really not going to hurt someone, but it's also disrespectful enough to be like, you know, honestly, like who throws the glove? You know, one of those things like, you know, in Austin Powers, where, yeah. you know, who throws the shoe? Uh, I kind of like it. You know, I, I feel like more people should just throw their gloves at each other. Uh, I think, you know, it's a, it's a healthy, safe way to kind of, you know, get your frustration <laughs> off your chest. Yeah, you know, obviously, it's without you don't have a hundred percent confirmation, but you have had a couple of beat writers basically say they got it from. And there was uh, I forget who for the who is well, who was doing the broadcast was it ABC or whatever, but ESPN vis a vis ABC, uh, whoever they had between the benches, um, I don't know if it was AJ Malesko or someone else, but heard what was said, and I think sources have basically said it came down to that Marshan had said something of like, they don't even like you in your own country, basically alluding to, or Putin doesn't like you, basically alluding to everything politically that went down with Panarin last season. And I mean, you know, it's, I think it's one of those things where Marshan in his head in the moment, he thinks it's more about like, uh, oh, they don't even like you here. Whereas the, the reality, which he has no idea of, is definitely more scary. Clearly, it was scary enough that Panarin left the country to go make sure his family was okay because he felt they were in actual danger. So I think it's something that wasn't... Marshan just thinks he's being a little rat fuck, but thinks it's funny, but not really realizing that the reality must be much more 
serious for a guy like Panarin. It set him off. I've never seen Panarin that like he was going with him the whole game and it kept getting like more worse and worse. And, you know, so good for him for at least not taking it and throwing his glove at him. And I like seeing Panarin, you know, you could say what you will, Panarin sticking up for himself. And, uh, you know, I don't, it's tough to, I think, they asked him about it and he kind of spoke about it, but I, I don't know if it was something that was kind of lost in translation. It makes it hard for him to convey what really happened. And he said he wished the league would take it seriously. Cause it's like, it's, he, he basically said, it's not in my character to really even go after a guy like that ever. It's just you, when you say the stuff he was saying to me, like you have no choice, it's like, you know, irreprehensible. So, but again, it was kind of hard for him to convey and Strom even was kind of cryptic about it and said, it'll come out one day. And, where he's like, it's basically not my, my, it's not my place to, to say it's, you know, Panarin, if he's comfortable with it and, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you realize like how they're children, like they really are. Like, I mean, <laughs> re- like that's really what you're going to chirp. It, at it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it is very funny that regardless of that hockey is a game that talks so much about, you know, prestige and honor and this and that. And yet, we have guys, you know, throwing gloves at each other and biting each other. And like I said, there's I think hockey sometimes has a hard time reconciling all the talk of like tradition and we shake hands at the end and then half the time they're slew footing each other and throwing helmets and gloves at each other and biting each other and looking each other in the face and like saying shit to each other on the ice. It's very funny, whereas, you know, say what you will about the NBA and stuff and it's softer, but, you know. It's very seldom. You don't have the amount of guys that are potentially trying to either, you know, personally, emotionally, or or physically injure someone on a on a you know on a daily, nightly basis as much as you see in the NHL. But you know, it's only yeah. LeBron. Well, yeah, only only <laughs> LeBron. Uh, but or uh, I guess uh, what's his face? Uh, was it uh, Jokic with uh, giving the forearm shiver to that other guy? Oh yeah, 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 yeah tried to set bad. a set a bad pick, hit him on his way back at the court, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, again, I, it's hard to know how much the, if, if the league should find Marshan without knowing what was said, I thought it was stupid. I, honestly, the only person I'm really like outside of Marshan, cause obviously I'm going to stick up for my boy Brad and say, you know, fuck Marshan. I don't care. It's like, it was worth every penny. He should have spent thrown both gloves and just paid 10, <laughs> 10 grand. But, yeah, exactly. um, but yeah, Joe Haggerty for the Weber and Boston beat writer is such a, God. such a, you know, such a punk. So, and he called Panarin a punk and said, you know, Rangers fans are the big soft babies and all this other dumb stuff. And yeah, the more that comes out, he just looks like a clown and he is a clown. I guess he's their version of like Steve Simmons or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, this week was a weird one between, you know, they're saying like Evander Kane is now on waivers and, but there's a, he's going to go somewhere to a team. He's going to be traded with some retention and, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Vancouver trying to right the ship by making one last disastrous move, even though they're like, you know, I mean, well, if at you this wanna... point, it's like you might as well. I mean, it can't hurt you at this point. I mean, you're dead last in the standings. It's just, you know, it's kind of brutal there. And, uh, you know, yeah. not dead last. And in the I league, guess, but, you know, I, you know, and I, I guess, you know, the, the whole thing with uh, D'Angelo was a guy who was considered nuclear, but. Carolina dealt with the the media um, firestorm or whatever you want to call it or the 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 whatever just whatever they kind of weathered this the 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 negative PR storm and 
and they've just effectively kind of put a muzzle on him. I don't think they even let him do, do post game interviews or whatever, but uh, whatever. Or he just knew that he was standing to lose too much money, and now they're very happy to have him because he's performing for them. So I think maybe they're like, even though Vander Kane is between his antics and his personal life is a kind of a nuclear player right now, or he's too hot to handle that ultimately his on ice play has been good and he can help them. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, we'll see where he ends up, but yeah, very strange week for the national hockey league. And uh, it'll be interesting to see now with all the cases of COVID. Now there's all this, uh, there's a little bit of concern over whether, well, a COVID and needing to make up games, whether the league is losing its appetite to send players to the Olympics. And you also don't know if there'll be, you know, a boycott uh, based on that athlete who their her whereabouts are unconfirmed. Right. So it's a, uh, it's yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very strange time, but obviously for the Rangers, they just kind of need to keep it game to game and not look at the big picture so much and live and die. And Honestly, in a lot of ways, for me, I've just wanted this team to take a step forward, and you can definitely see they have. And maybe you might not be totally happy with individual steps the the players have taken in their own games individually, but I mean, we're like I said, mentioned up off the top, you're kind of finally seeing the kids finds that the kid line has found some consistency. Kako is looking dangerous on the top line, and. Yeah, I mean our the the Hartford Wolf Pack is absolutely killing it this season. Uh so yeah, I mean things are things are at least looking up. So which is a lot of there's a lot of organizations in this league that are in a total chaos and disarray. The Canadians clearly oh, my cat's trying to walk over my keyboard. Don't do that. Uh you know, the Canadians the Coyotes are doing their best to to race to the bottom. The Sabres are still not much better than you know, they've had some, they've been competitive at times, but they're ultimately not a very good team. So yeah, the, I, I would say the Rangers are, are pretty lucky. They've, everything they've done so far is, even though it's been at times, there's been some questions about, it seems to be working. They obviously do have to, at some point here, start generating more shots and uh, maybe shore up the amount of chances they allow at times. But yeah, luckily they have a very good goaltender and they have some game-breaking talents and they have one of the best defensemen in the league and one of the best forwards in the league and they have the, the, the best power play guy in the league as of right now. So yeah, they have a lot going for them. So um, it, you'll have to see if, if, if uh, they hit a, a rough patch in terms of some of the Priders' scoring dries up. It's going to definitely be incumbent on them, their depth to help them carry them through rougher stretches. So yeah, that's that's the big thing I'd be looking for, especially as the season drags on here. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.